Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. Today we're going to start a new series called Family Tree. Family Tree, and um, as I was thinking about this topic, I, I, I realized it would be so easy for me to pick on my wife's family and their family tree. I, I, you, you, you know the jokes. It would be so easy for me to do that, but I want to be nice today. I do, and plus it's marriage conference month. And um, I don't need to, to be in the dog, dog pen, the doghouse, you know. I, I need, I need to, to, to stay safe through this whole thing. So I'm going to refrain from picking on my wife's family tree. I'm just not going to. I want to explain to you how my brother-in-law <laughs> married his uncle's stepdaughter. I'm, I, I, I won't even bore you with all the details of that. And, um, and <laughs> that's him. <laughs> that's him. He said she was hot. <laughs> Kissing cousins. Um, by marriage, by marriage. No blood relation there, thank God. Um, as we begin this series, I want to explain that this is not a marriage series. I'm saving that. I'm saving that for, for marriage conference. But this is not a marriage series, although I know that through this series there will be things that husbands and wives can glean from. This is not necessarily a parenting series, although I'm certain that parents will get a lot out of it. This series is about living with the end in mind. And it, it really can relate to so many things in our lives if, if we would stay focused on what the goal is, what, what is the end, and, and, and create a desired outcome for our families. I believe in every aspect of our lives, if we would live with the end in mind, that it would change the way that we do things. It would change some of the decisions that we make if we would stay focused on the prize, on the goal, on what we want to accomplish. One of the greatest tools that the enemy uses against us is extreme nearsightedness. And what I mean by that, church, is that we often see what is right in front of us. We, we see, see that, and, and we see that desire, or we, we see uh, uh, what we want sitting right in front of us, and we fail to see the big picture and how that is going to affect the home, how it's going to affect our relationships. And, and we fail to see the permanent outcome of temporary decisions. And most of the troubles that we find in our homes are the result of temporary decisions that we just didn't think through. Oh, it's getting quiet. What would our marriages, our homes, our families look like if we lived with the end in mind? When God first created humanity, he established the practice of, of horticulture. From the beginning of this earth, God established the art of, of growing fruits, vegetables, flowers, and ornamental plants and trees. And I think sometimes when we read the creation story, we, we, we know this, and so we just skip over so many things because we know that, that it took God six days to create, and, and we don't get the significance of, of what some of those days mean or what every one of those days mean. And we just fly right over it, and, and, and we don't take time to realize that there is an order that God put in place. 
that there is a divine order. Even in nature, there is a divine order. And so today I want to read out of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to begin with verses 11 through 13, and then I'm going to go down to verses 26 through 31. And church, if I, if, if I may, I'm going to ask you to really pay close attention to what is being said What's happening on these days of creation? The first day that we're going to look at here was the third day of creation. Genesis chapter 1. I want to begin with verse 11. And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. That's what happened on the third day. Just keep that in your mind. Now let's go down to the last day of creation, day six. This is the sixth day of creation. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says, Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. Do not be confused there, women. He's not calling us creeps. There's two different beings there, okay? So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. I just want to let that sink in. He blessed them and God said, be fruitful and multiply. Man, if you don't amen me right there, you are a bunch of morons. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. And fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold. I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life. I have given every green plant for food and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. There's just a couple of observations that I really want to point out to you from these scriptures today. Things that I'm not sure that I've ever really preached on before, focused on before, or expounded upon. The first observation is this, is that according to verses 11 and 12, plants and trees can only bring forth fruit in their likeness. The vegetation that, that God was describing there Seed-yielding plants. They can only bring forth fruit of their likeness. God was very plain with, with this. He, 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 he didn't hem-haw around. He, he made sure from the beginning that, that humanity understood that plants and trees can only bring forth fruit in their likeness. In other words, an apple tree cannot produce a pear. About 13 years ago, we were living in a rental house in, in the Country Way subdivision here in Newberry. And we lived there for a few years. And on the side of the house, there was a side door that went out to a side yard there. And on the side of the house, there was a citrus tree. 
didn't have any fruit on it, but I could tell that it was a citrus tree just from the, the looks of it, and it, it had some little thorns on it, and I, I could just tell that, that it was a citrus tree, but with no fruit on it, I had no idea what kind, and I was holding out hope because I really like oranges, and I really like grapefruit. And so I was holding out hope that hopefully this was either an orange tree or a grapefruit tree. I, I, I cannot tell the difference when I walk up to, to trees. I can't tell you different types of oaks. And, and I, to be honest with you, I, I can see that's an oak tree. I have no idea what kind it is. That's a pine tree and that's a palm tree. And that's about as far as it goes with me, okay? So I had no idea what kind of fruit tree it was. And I was holding out hope that it was going to be either an orange tree or a grapefruit tree. And suddenly there was these, these little green uh, uh, round objects that started showing up on the tree, started growing on the tree. They were small at first and, and they, were, they were growing, but they, they, they reached a certain size and it just seemed to halt. I was really hoping maybe, maybe as they just grow and mature, maybe it's going to be an orange. I can tell you that the, just after a few weeks of the fruit being there on the tree, I gave up hope that it was going to be a grapefruit because there was no way that that little green piece of fruit was going to grow into that. But as they would grow and mature, maybe they would get a little bit bigger and it would change in color from, from green, hopefully, to orange, and, and, and it just didn't happen. Days turned into weeks. Weeks turned into months. And something stunted the growth of the fruit on that tree. Until one day I picked one, I took it inside the kitchen and I cut it in half and wouldn't you know it was a lime. It was supposed to be green and it was supposed to be that size but unfortunately I waited too late to pick it and, and it just ruined the fruit. Church, if you don't have the right root, you will never have the right fruit. Apply that to everything in your life. If you don't have the right root, you will never have the right fruit. Now I want you to look at life with me with the end in mind as we talk about this. And specifically today, I am talking to, to parents, mothers and fathers in the room. But just, just stay with me. Stay with me. As we look at the end in mind, parents, I want to ask you something. Who do you want your children to become? What do you want for your children? What is the desired outcome of their lives? What do you want that to look like? I'm not saying that, that you become the dictator of their home and you, 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 you know, arrange a marriage for them, although it's, it's probably not a bad practice. Let, let, me, let me just pause. I didn't plan on saying this, but I am going to say it. Mandy and I have never arranged marriage for our, 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 our children. Well, only one of our, our twins are, are married. We're holding out hope for Kendall. <laughs> she's got a good job. If anybody's interested, she's, she's really got a good job. She can support you. And no, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. The dowry is really low. Okay, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, I'm just getting off here. I got to, I got to come back in. But, um, so, we never arranged marriages. But I tell you what, we did do. We did look at our kids often and say, "What fellowship does light have with darkness?" We taught our kids from an early age that there's no use in being unequally yoked. 
that above all else, you've got to guard your heart because it is the wellspring of life. We taught our kids this often. And in other words, don't, don't start dating someone that has different beliefs than you do spiritually. Specifically, if they don't have a relationship with Christ, don't waste your time on that. We told our kids, dating evangelism seldom works. Don't put your heart out there for it to get broken because you're so far separated on your beliefs. So I can tell you that in a sense, we probably did arrange our son's marriage because he started dating a girl right here within our church. And I can tell you this. If you want my daughter's hand in marriage, you better be living the life. I've never killed anyone, never. <laughs> but there's a first time for everything, right? I don't have a lot of guns. I only have one. It's a shotgun. It's all I have. But I got a lot of friends with guns. And they got a lot of land, too. <laughs> we'll bury you and they'll never find you. This is how you know you pastor a church in North Florida. You, you, I start talking about guns, you amen me more than you ever have. <laughs> what do you want for your children? You cannot live a life bearing the fruit, parents, as the example for them. You can't live a life bearing the fruit of unrighteousness and expect your kids to grow up and bear the fruit of righteousness. There's this great meme that, that's been floating around for a couple of years, and I always try and stay away from this when I'm preaching, but, but this one, man, it bears repeating. It, it's fantastic. It says, parents, if you treat the church as optional, one day your children will see Jesus as optional. You can't bear the fruit of unrighteousness in your life. Let's explain that. What, what is unrighteousness? What does that look like? It's anything that's going to separate you from God. I'm not saying that we have to walk and live perfect lives, but I'm saying every time we do mess up, we need to learn from those mistakes and let our kids see us correct those mistakes. We don't need to live our lives in a sinful state because these eyes are watching us. They're gleaning from us, and, and, and yet we expect righteousness from them, but we're willing to, to live a life of unrighteousness. And let me, let me just dive into that for a second because this... Today, I'm going to be on my soapbox a lot, okay? So just buckle up. If, if, if... Parents, do not become satisfied with your children's poor decisions and, and, and just, just pawn it off on, well, I was a kid once and I made those mistakes. I was a teenager once and I made those mistakes. Let me tell you, Mandy and I, we made some mistakes when we were teenagers, We've been very honest with our children. We've told them most of those mistakes. Not all of them. The older they got, the more questions they started asking. I hear you, Lord. <laughs> the older that they got, the more questions they started answering. And, and, and it, 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 it was tough conversations at times. But I can tell you, don't, don't ever, church, don't ever, parents, don't ever, just think that because teenagers make mistakes, that, that, that that's just the way that it has to go. No. No, we can call our homes to righteousness. 
And if you want your children to bear the fruit of righteousness, then you need to be bearing the fruit of righteousness because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. The child doesn't fall far from the parent. Your struggles will become their struggles. Your habits will often become their habits. Your sin has the tendency to become their sin. And this is why in Numbers 14 and 18, the Bible says that that he, God, punishes the children for the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Now listen, you will never convince me that God is, 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 is just waiting, just waiting on children to reach a certain age so that he can punish them for what their parents did. That's not what the Bible's talking about here. This is talking about the generational curses that are passed down, things that they observe their parents doing, traits that they get from their parents. And if we're not careful, we are setting our children up for failure because they see how we act, they see how we we, we live our lives, and, 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 and God will punish that sin in the lives of our children if it's active in their lives, he says, to the third and fourth generation. Don't wait on your children to break the bonds to break the chains of generational curses, you break it for them. Be a man, be a woman, be a man of God, a woman of God, and break those curses before they ever reach your children. Our children will often duplicate what they see out of us, but they usually won't do it in the same measure. What they see out of us, it seems to intensify in their lives. Take it from someone who who has to counsel the marriages and counsel the homes. Often what I see in people is that they've picked up habits and traits and characteristics from their moms and their dads. Even in their adult years, they've picked these traits up and and, and they seem to intensify. And I've said this so many times throughout the years, and, and, and it's been a while, so I think it's important for me to say it. But what our children see us do in moderation, they will do in excess. If we're not sowing the right seeds, we are setting our children up to one day stand sinful before a holy God. Think about that. Man, the, the, the responsibility of being a parent. Are you preparing your children to one day stand before a holy God? The second observation that I want to pull out of Scripture and and, and it's really just two today, that's it. But the second observation about today's text, it, it comes from verse 28. Listen to it, Genesis 1 and 28. And it says, and God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and, and subdue it. The first thing that God said to humanity that we know of, there's nothing else that's recorded in Scripture. So this is the first thing that God said to humanity, the very first commandment, the first thing he said was a commandment to them, and it was to live life like a fruit tree. When he said, be fruitful and multiply. The very thing that we were joking about earlier, we can't ignore that. We know that to be fruitful and multiply is a command of God for us to to fill the earth with our offspring. But anyone can produce a child. It takes very intentional efforts to bring forth the righteousness of God out of that child. 
First thing that God said to humanity was be fruitful and multiply. God's first words to humanity were not observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. Although we do know that is a commandment and we know it's important. The first commandment that God gave humanity was not thou shalt not kill. Although he did give that commandment, it is important. The first commandment that he gave humanity, it it was not bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, although it is a commandment, and God did cover that later. The first commandment that he gave humanity, he started his conversation like this. Act like a tree. On day three, I created trees to bear fruit there's seeds within that fruit that will be used to replenish God said this can be never ending if you want to have oranges then understand this horticulture lesson that there's there's seeds there And we continue planting those seeds to get that desired outcome. And then he looks at humanity and he starts the conversation with, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. And we've got to take parenting beyond just the act of having sex. Some of you wish you would have sent your kids to children's church this morning. That's as far as I'm going with it, so just, just stay with me. God said, act like a tree. Be fruitful and multiply. Reproduce. And you have to ask yourself, parents, what am I reproducing? The creator calls upon creation to be creative, to reproduce. And I wonder sometimes if we realize how significant it has to be, how intentional it has to be. And we ask ourselves, what are we reproducing? See, what happens inside, what happens inside of you is what's growing outside of you. What happens here, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I just quoted it a moment ago, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, where it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. What's happening inside of you is what comes out of you. And parents, if you are holding anger inside, the fruit of anger is reproducing on the outside of you. Most people that I deal with that have anger issues, they got it from their mama and their daddy. If you've been betrayed and those roots have been hidden in your heart, be careful because the fruit of betrayal will spring forth in your children. If there's roots of bitterness that have entered into your heart, know that bitterness can be inherited. 
by your children. How many times have we witnessed this? Anxiety breeds anxiety. And we watch these things be passed down from fathers to their sons to their daughters, from mothers to their daughters to their sons. We watch these generational things just keep piling up and families, families find themselves so far away from God. Our children, they watch how we respond, how we react to life's trials. So when life stinks, how you respond is how they will respond. You know God's got a natural fertilizer for us, right? Manure. Farmers will sometimes spread this mixture of, of water and cow manure over the land because uh, of, of the, the nutrients that it provides. They let it sit for a long period of time to replenish those nutrients in the ground. Did you know that, that Christ covered this? It was in a parable that he told. In Luke chapter 13, verses 6 through 9, it says, and he told this parable. He said, a man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, he said, look, for three years now I've been coming seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up this ground? Why should it take up space here in my property? And he answered him. He said, sir, let it alone this year also. Listen to what he says. The vine dresser says, I want to do something different this year. Let it alone this year also until I dig around it and put on manure. Then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, then you can cut it down. This is a good lesson for everyone, not just parents in the room, but, but some, some of you need to understand life and, and, and why it looks like it does sometimes. Sometimes God will allow the manure of life to settle upon you because during that moment it will bring forth more growth, more vegetation, and more fruit from your life than you ever thought was possible. You will be more fruitful after a season of thank you. Usually it's the Holy Spirit that catches that for me, and I appreciate some of you. Maybe we should just say it happens, right? It happens. It happens. And God will use those moments in life to mature you. Manure brings maturity. And your children watch how you handle it. Your response plant seeds in your children that, that is going to bring forth some type of harvest. I had this, this one mother that came to me one time and she shared with me all of her daughter's faults and, and just, just, I mean, just expounded. And it was rough. It, it, was, it was a serious situation. Unfortunately, I knew the mother. And she looked at me and, and she said, I don't know why she acts like that. You should have seen her face when I looked at her and I said, because you act like that. Now let me tell you something. Unless 
you have a relationship with someone that you can speak that plain into their life, don't go around telling them stuff like that, okay? But I looked at her and I said, it's because you act like, your daughter is acting just like you. The way you respond to your husband is exactly how she is treating you. The way you respond to the things that smell in life is exactly how she is responding. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Listen to these verses here, though. This gives us hope. He says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. And somebody in the room, you need to, to shed the advice of the wicked in your life. They're leading you down a path right now, and, and, he, and, and he says, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, river bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Listen to what the prophet Jeremiah said in 17 and 8. He said, he is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green, and it is not anxious in the year of drought. Hear that? It's not anxious in the year of drought when it's not getting exactly what it needs to grow. It's not anxious during those years, for it does not cease to bear fruit. The fruit of your life has to continue long after you have children. Fruit has to be continuous in your life. It, it is, it is never-ending. Fruit must be produced, even in a season of drought. Even when your marriage is struggling, the fruit of your life still must produce. Even when you don't feel like you're being spiritually fed, the fruit of your life still has to be produced. Even when you lose your job, even when you find yourself with the diagnosis from the doctor that you never thought would happen to you, but it happened to you. Even when manure is poured out upon you, fruit still has to be produced in your life. Now, I understand that there's some some parents in the room that, that are older. Mandy and I are finding ourselves getting there quickly. And you think to yourself, man, I, I blew it. That's what always happens. You hear a message like this and, 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 and your kids are grown and, and they're far from God and, and you think to yourself, man, I, I blew it. What, what was I thinking? Or I didn't know. I didn't know any better. Had I known, I would have raised them differently. Had I known what their, their spiritual life was going to look like, if I'd have known the rebellion, if I would have known, if I just would have known, I would have raised them differently. I would have set a different example. I, I would have been a different person. And if that's you, there's hope. There's hope. Psalm 126 and 5 says that those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. I think I've read this verse wrong. Leave that verse up there. I want, I want to continue looking at it. I think I've read this verse wrong for so long. 
I do believe that God hears our cries. I believe that he, the Bible says he bottles up our tears. But it says that we will reap with shouts of joy. It doesn't say that we will reap and later we will shout with joy about it. It says we sow in tears, we water the crop, the desired outcome for our grown children. We sow with tears and we reap, we gather with shouts of joy. In just a moment, this band's going to come up and they're going to sing a blessing over you. If you find yourself a little hopeless in parenting right now, you've been sowing in tears, why don't you take a chance and reap with shouts of joy? Why don't you praise your way to your children's salvation? Some of you have prodigals that need to come home. And you've almost given up hope on them. And I, I, I can imagine what that feels like. I know my mom and dad, I know that they prayed those same prayers. Father, I call forth those prodigals right now. God, we call them forth out of darkness into your marvelous light. Lord, for those parents that are struggling right now, Lord. For those that have lost hope. For those that have sown tears. God, let them reap with shouts of joy. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.